The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Simply may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, born unto us. Amen. If you're anything like me, you've spent the last four to 40 weeks getting ready for the next 24 hours. Getting in the spirit, as we like to say all kinds of different festive activities to prepare for this night, for tomorrow morning, right? Baking, for example, which is my favorite activity that you do that I benefit from. So thank you to all that have delivered trays of cookies to my household. Perhaps for some of us, it's advent calendars that help us track the days as we anticipate this very moment. Maybe it's music, or perhaps it's movies that get you into the Christmas spirit. See, it seems that every store, every franchise, every station on the radio or on TV is trying to figure out the best way to appeal to that spirit, to try to hook you in and get you involved with them and their products and what they have to offer. And no, I'm not here to preach the Keep Christ in Christmas sermon. Why? Because hook, line, and sinker, they got me this year. I'm just going to say it. My Star Wars Lego advent calendar is a centerpiece of our household this year and every year to come. 
And this year I made a larger investment for the sake of our house. I bought a half a dozen six-inch Star Wars toys, all holiday themed. Now, I know what you're thinking, Pastor. No, that's just you and your toy collection. You have a problem. But no, no, see, hear me out. First of all, they're called collectibles. And second of all, this is what we call in the business a cross-collectible because it's holiday-themed, i.e. a decoration that has a place in the living room. I rest my case, Katie. So, again, we all have our way of getting in the spirit here, but not all ways of getting in the spirit are created equal. Case in point, if you have a favorite TV show that's ever gone down the road, of the holiday special. They're never good. They're anything but special. And not all were created equal. For every Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's a Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey from 1977. I got through two minutes of it in preparation for the sermon, and I'm going to say it was the longest two minutes of my life. There's the Star Wars holiday special. Star Wars! And they screwed it up. I mean, they introduced Boba Fett, but then I was subjected to meeting all of Chewbacca's extended family. Did you know his father's name is Itchy? Are you kidding me? And then, then there's the half-hearted attempts that I, I don't even know what they were thinking, like Larry the Cable Guy's star-studded Christmas extravaganza. Yeah, I don't care how many words you use, it doesn't make it any better, right? In other words, not all of these attempts to capture the spirit are created equal, but this time of year, everyone is trying to pull us in, find a new take, a new angle on the Christmas story, or at the very least, on the Christmas holiday. But the good news tonight doesn't need to be gussied up. We don't need all of those extra pieces. The story and the good news at the center of it all is perfect just the way it is. No stars required. That's what epiphany is for. Thank you. At least Cynthia got my epiphany joke. I almost took it out, too, and I said, no, someone will laugh. It was a pity laugh, but she's staff, so it's okay. See, the story tonight is really quite mundane, if I'm going to be honest. It opens with five verses of bureaucracy. Nothing says Christmas spirit like a census. Oh, goody. Now I'm ready to open my gifts because Quirinius is ready to count us all. No, right? Mary doesn't even show up until the fifth verse, and then one verse. I ranted about this last Sunday, but it's worth bearing again. One verse to describe the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I said Sunday, I'm going to say it now. I could spend seven verses on how the burrito tasted that I got after our twins were born. One verse on the birth of our Savior. Nothing exciting happens until, until a group of shepherds minding their own business in the fields are accosted by a group of angels. And then all heaven breaks loose. And that's when things get really, at least somewhat, exciting. 
Because you see, these angels aren't out visiting the emperor in the city out in Jerusalem, but no, they are there visiting shepherds working the third shift in the fields. Not just working in the fields, we're told they are living in these fields. They're living in fields in the middle of nowhere. And as far as good news goes, the response of the shepherds, they're terrified. They're terrified. Good news is not meant to be terrifying, but they hear it and that's their response. They hear this news, I'm bringing you good news, the angel says, of great joy for all people, for to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, a Messiah. And as if that wasn't enough, then the choir of angels sings out in a way that would make Mariah Carey cry. Because indeed, they have to sing the news over and over as terror gives way to amazement. But most amazing of all, most profound of all, is the simple message at the center of it all. To you is born a Savior. Tonight, that's the good news at the center of all that we do. It's the good news that we're going to sing about over and over and pray about. It's the good news that stands at the center of the meal that will nourish us all as well. A meal offered for us by our Savior. This news, the same news year in and year out. So i got to ask the question, as I preach this good news for the eighth time in my career, is the good news becoming old news? Is it become so familiar that it no longer jars us, it no longer causes feelings of terror or amazement within us? I think that's a good question. It's certainly a question that Martin Luther himself was pondering when he said, what good would it do me if Jesus were to be born a thousand times and if this were sung to me every day with the loveliest of airs, if I should not hear that there was something in it for me and that it should be my own. What Luther is saying is dress it up all you like, but what's in it for me? And I think I got to agree with it. Why? Year after year after year, is this a part of your Christmas experience? Why do you keep coming back? Because it's the same news every year. The sermons just keep getting worse. <laughs> Why do you keep showing up? What about this story is for you? Or where are you in this story? Well, let me remind you for a moment. Hear the good news once more. I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people, for to you is born a Savior, a Messiah. This you isn't just intended for the shepherds who happen to be working that shift. This good news is for all people. This good news is for you. And we can try to dress it up, we can reimagine it all we want, but the news at the center of it all is always the same. And I don't think it's worn out. 
I think it's what we bring with us that changes the way we hear it year in and year out. Because maybe this year, you nailed the Christmas spirit. Maybe you were that person who did all their baking in advance, had your Christmas card out by Thanksgiving, and gifts wrapped three weeks ago. To which I say, good for you. <laughs> but for the rest of us, maybe we bring with us other things tonight. Maybe we come here terrified. Maybe we didn't get it all done. Or maybe there's people who haven't been here tonight that have always been here. Maybe tonight we're looking around at who is missing from our picture. That is a terrifying reality. But here is the good news. Regardless of who we are or what we bring with us, even when we're terrified or even when things aren't picture perfect, God shows up. And I know that because our story tonight is anything but perfect. It begins with an unplanned or perhaps better put, unexplained pregnancy. It continues with a botched in reservation and it continues with an interrupted shift by some shepherds who are terrified by the news that they receive. Look, the story is perfect just as it is because it is just for you. We don't need special guests. We don't have to, to dress it up and make it something that it's not because the good news is already great. And it's with great joy that I remind you that tonight a savior is born for you. Thanks be to God, Merry Christmas, amen.